we are doing in our uh, family Sundays is take the opportunity to lift up other churches, the family of God across our world, the persecuted church. Um, one of the things, if you're not aware of it, that the church at large, God's church in other parts of the country, does not have it as good as we do. Um, we know that persecution is there and is coming for us, but we also understand that we have brothers and sisters across the world that are not as fortunate as we are. Many that do not, do not even have the opportunity to meet like this in a, in a building together. Um, some meet in darkness, some meet where there's just one light on. Um, so they meet in secret, uh, but we understand that the brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ across the world are, are under persecution today. And our two countries are listed there in uh, your bulletin, and uh, they are uh, Bangladesh and Bhutan. Uh, and uh, one of the things that, that we find there is that uh, there are many, many levels of persecution. Some pers persecution comes from within family. Some comes with the fact that in their social construct, their, their businesses and whatever, they're persecuted for their beliefs. Many of them come from Muslim or Hindu backgrounds, and because of that, when they convert to Jesus Christ, to Christianity, they are persecuted by their own church. They are turned in, sometimes by their own family members. And so we understand that, um, that there are those that are standing strong for Jesus Christ across the world today. Amen? So one of the things that we're going to do uh, is just take this opportunity once again. And I know this is a little bit crazy, uh, <clears throat> but I'm just going to open it up again for, for prayer. And it's just this is corporate prayer, but we're, we're going to do it all together. Um, so you're just going to pray out loud for a little while, uh, just lifting up these two countries for uh, Bhutan and for Bangladesh. And we'll start with Bhutan and uh, there's things that are listed there in your bulletin if you want to read those. But uh, but just let's just lift these, our brothers and sisters, before the Lord. I will start, and then I will close this after a little bit of time, okay? So, again, I'm asking you to pray out loud, okay? Um, we did this in we, with Lee and Sua in Thailand. We would just have this corporate prayer together where we're all praying out loud because God hears every one of our voices, amen? He hears, he understands, he is able to interpret, and he's able to answer. And so... I just want to encourage you to lift up our brothers and sisters across the world, especially today in Bangladesh and in Bhutan. So let's pray. I'll begin, and then I'll just open it up for the rest of you. Lord God, we come before you today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, especially right now, right here today, Lord, that, you, that we, the body of Christ here in Eatonville and other churches that are meeting right here in Eatonville, Lord, that we have the freedom that we have to gather, to to gather together, uh, to worship you together. Lord, how important it is for us to come together, not forsaking the gathering together. Lord, and doing so and practicing the gathering even all the more as we see your day approaching. Lord, we know that, that you are moving all of history, all circumstances, all governments. Lord, everything you are moving to its final end for your own good, for your glory, Lord, because you are thinking of us. Lord, you have brothers and sisters whose name is written on your hand, Father, even now. Lord, you know each and every one of, of uh, our brothers and sisters across the world. And so, Lord, right now we lift up Bangladesh to you. Father, we lift up those people to you. God, we thank you for them. God, we pray that you would be with them. Be with them in their homes. 
Lord, be with them as they come to Jesus Christ, as they are presented with the gospel of Jesus Christ and they receive you as their personal Savior. God, we ask for their protection. Lord, we ask, God, that you would keep them safe. Lord, that you would grow up your church as you have promised to do so. And so as we continue to pray, we just lift up those in Bangladesh right now. Pray for them. Lift up your voices. Lord God. As we continue to pray, the scripture says that the prayers of the saints are like a sweet aroma to you, Father. So, Lord, we lift up also the country of Bhutan. Uh, Lord, it is a dangerous uh, place to be a believer there. Uh, Lord, there is persecution from within and from without. God, we lift them before you. God, we lift up our brothers and sisters there. God, we ask, Lord, for your protection. Lord, we ask that you would reveal yourself to them that you would show yourself, as your word says, Lord, faithful and true. God, that you would um, strengthen, uh, strengthen them, give them the ability to stand strong and to be firm in their faith, Father, not wavering. Uh, Lord, grant them wisdom and understanding, Father, as they walk with you each and every day. And so, Lord, we now come corporately before you, lifting up the country of Bhutan. So I invite you to continue to pray. For these folks. As the scripture that we read today from Psalm 43 says, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning 
because of the oppression of the enemy. Lord, send your light and your truth. Lord, let your light and your truth lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to the God, to God, uh, my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Father, again, we thank you. We praise you, Lord, for all the work that you are doing across the world. Father, we thank you that even now, right now, in other parts of the world, Father, you are uh, meeting with people. Your presence is there. You are revealing yourself. You are strengthening. You are building up your church, Father. You are equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are an active and holy and great and almighty God. God, we praise you today. And as we, uh, as we close this time, Father, we just thank you that we can come, that we can fellowship, that we can share, that we can worship. God, that we can be in your word, that we can be challenged by your word. God, speak to us today. Challenge us right where we are. Father, meet our greatest needs. Lord, sometimes even our simplest needs. Lord, meet us right where we are today. May your presence be felt here today in Jesus' wonderful and precious name. Amen. As we continue. Yeah. Yes. He is very much working. Uh, he is, yeah, yeah, amen. Thanks, Art. So we're coming back to our catechism questions, and we've been out of it for a little while because of our of our time and uh, uh, our Advent uh, time, and so we come back, and here's the question that we, we asked. The question uh, 30 asked this question, what is faith in Jesus Christ? And the answer, if you would just read it with me, and uh, we'll say it together. Faith in Jesus Christ is acknowledging the truth of everything that God has revealed in his word, trusting in him, and also receiving and resting on him alone for salvation as he is offered to us in the gospel. And one of the great verses, this is a beautiful verse that speaks to all of that, Galatians 2.20, and let's just say it. Again, because it reminds us of our new position in Jesus Christ. I love this verse. I have been crucified, crucified with Christ. Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When you think of salvation, we're going to open this up just a little bit today. When you think of salvation... When you think about the meaning of salvation, there is a lot of words that we could fill in here. I'm just going to give you a couple prompters, and then if you want to add just a few, you, can, you are more than welcome to do that. But when I think of the meaning of salvation, I think of things like this, that I am safe, that I am healed, that I am adopted, that I am a child of the king, 
that I have been made whole, that I am restored to God, that I have eternal life. What are some others that you think of that I have or that I am? Just raise your hand and I'll point to you. Okay, amen. Someone else said something. I'm not alone. Amen. Amen. Any others? Yeah. You're loved. Okay. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I'm no longer an orphan. Amen. I'm a new creation. You're a new creation. Amen. One of the things as we think about salvation, it's so easy to read the word, I'm saved, but then what does it mean to us? What does it really mean to you and I today? It's so important to, to reflect and to think about that. Your salvation is a gift from God. It is not something that we earn. It is not something that we can achieve or gain by works, but it is something that must be received. God's salvation invites you and I every single day of our lives, folks. It invites us. It welcomes us to join in prayer, to join in praise, to, to give God glory for all that he has done. And so I'm just going to invite you to stand as we sing, How Great is Our God. In the first part, we're going to sing a cappella, and then we'll join in with accompaniment as we go. But sing with us as we go here. Oh, Lord, Lord my God. When I in awesome wonder Consider all the worlds thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. Splendor of the King, robed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. And trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. Sing it out with me. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. And age to age he stands, and time is in his 
hands. Beginning and the end. Beginning and the end. The God in three in one. And Father, Spirit, and Son. The Lion and the Lamb. Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Cause you're the name above all names. And worthy of all and my heart will sing how great is our God. Sing that one more time. Because you're the name above all names. And worthy of all praise. And my heart will sing how great and when I think that God his son not sparing sent him to die I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin and sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When Christ shall come, sing it out, with shout of acclamation, and their proclaim, what joy shall fill my heart, then I shall bow. In humble adoration, and there proclaim, My God, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. All God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. As we move from that to question, Catechism question 31, and it asks this question. 
What do we believe by true faith? And the answer is a long one. It includes the Apostles' Creed, but it, let's say it together. Everything taught to us in the gospel, the Apostles' Creed expresses what we believe in these words. We believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. We believe uh, what was, <laughs> who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen? Amen. There's a passage in Jude, and I just want to read it to you. In Jude, I'll just read it to you. As the author of Jude uh, is writing, and it really is a challenge to uphold our faith. But here, here's what it says. I found it necessary to write appealing to you to, to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. You know, again, it's, a, it's an important thing for us to remember that um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded a lot. I just need to be reminded of who it is that I have, have that has called me by his, uh, by his own voice to receive salvation. I need to be reminded of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I need to be reminded of all that he has done for us and for you, for you and me, and what he continues to do. I need to be reminded daily. I need to be reminded of all that. So there's some... Some things that, that, that from this Apostles' Creed that I just want to say, it, it forces us to ask the question. Um, and here's some questions. Did God really uh, have to go to the extent to fix the problem of sin? Did he have to control all the situations and locations and personalities and institutions and governments on earth so that history would march toward the right time and place the birth of Jesus? Did Jesus really have to subject himself to the full range of the darkness and temptation of this fallen world? Was it necessary for him to live a life that was spotlessly perfect in thought and desire, motive, choice, word, action, reaction, and response? Was it necessary for him to lay down concrete empirical, empirical evidence uh, during his life, uh, that he was not just a wise man, but in fact, the only son of God? Was it necessary for him to be mocked, spat upon, and executed in a torturous and public way? Why uh, was it necessary at the point of his death uh, for grave to open up and the veil separating the Holy of Holies to be spontaneously torn in two? Did he have to be put in a carefully sealed, well-guarded tomb, well-guarded, uh, uh, borrowed grave? Was it essential for him to be there, or for uh, be in there for three days, certifying that he really was dead? Was it vital for him to walk out of the tomb 
alive and well? Was it essential to the plan that he appeared to some 500 people after his resurrection? Was it necessary uh, that he would ascend back to the right hand of the Father? And the answer is yes. It was all essential. It was all necessary. The answer is a resounding yes. Every detail of the history of redemption was and is necessary. It is all essential because there is no other way to reverse the damage that sin has done or to rescue those who are being held in it by sin's death grip. Folks, that's what it's all about. The redemptive plan, the story of God is a reminder. We believe, we believe, we believe all of these things. It is because of all that God has done through his son that you and I can sing, that you and I can give him glory, that you and I give him praise. And I'm just going to invite you to stand one more time before we go into our time of communion. There's a passage from the Apostle Paul uh, as he is speaking to uh, the Corinthian church. And he says these words. He says these words. Uh, I've just got to make sure I'm not missing anything here. Did I have someone that was going to pray the congregational prayer? Peggy. No, you can come on. Come on up. I don't want to miss that. Let's pray together. Father, you are everything we need. You have provided everything we need. It's a little overwhelming. I thank you, Lord, that we can gather together, that we can hear your word together, that we can work um, to draw close to you and close to one another to do your work here. I thank you, Father, that uh, Jesus has done everything for us and that his joy is to intercede on our behalf continually. He is alive. I thank you, God, that you... Um, Father, that you love us and that you tell us to come to you always to run to you, to keep the account short, Father, of the things that trip us up because you live to intercede for us. Jesus, you have, um, you have everything we need to walk in joy no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the culture says, no matter what we face. And even in our... Um, deepest grief you give us your joy in your presence and in our greatest joys father you double that joy help us lord to live in the light of that truth to stand strong to stand confident in you and in who you who you are we love you lord today we give you all praise and honor we thank you for your word we pray father that you would cement it into our minds and that we would Abide in that truth. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 The Apostle Paul, uh, speaking to the church at Corinth, beautiful church, amazing church. There's a lot that, that the Apostle Paul is speaking about. And so I just want to encourage us just to take some time this, this morning just to 
just to examine. You know, one of the things I want to say is that communion is not to not be taken. It was meant to be taken. It was meant to be participated in by the body of Christ. And I know sometimes we've, maybe we've failed, maybe we've made mistakes, and we go, man, I'm just not worthy. Can I just tell you this? You are worthy because of Jesus Christ and Christ alone. But sometimes we do things, maybe we're out of fellowship with someone, maybe the Lord, and so he calls us to examine our hearts before we go to the Lord. And then as we confess, as we make things right with God, then he invites us to come. And here's the thing, the body and the blood the body is, is, the, is the, the bread that we take, and the cup represents his blood. And his body was sacrificed on the cross, and his blood was shed for the remission of our sins. And it's, it's been done once and for all. This is a new covenant, never to be done again. And so as we partake, we are reminded of this, that what we're partaking does not become the body, and it does not become the blood. It represents what he has done for us. And so as we come together, I just invite you just to, just uh, take a little bit of time to examine. We're going to be playing uh, music. And then uh, as you feel led, uh, just go to the tables and partake together. Uh, if you need served, just raise your hand and uh, Dennis Staub will come and serve you just in case if you would like to be served at right where you are. Dennis can do that for you. All right. So. Hmm.
a closing hymn, a statement of our request to God to, for him to continue to speak to us, to direct us, to draw us to him. people said. Amen. Blessings.